Hi, my name is Mike, and I want to welcome you to Living Life. I pray that as you are here, that God would speak to you and that He would light your path as you follow Him and that He will gain, give you understanding according to His Word. Uh, you know, for many years, actually the past uh, nine years, I was serving at a church in Korea. And this church has many vision churches which are planted all over the world. And so after uh, my time there, I was actually transferred to one of the vision churches in the States. And so when I arrived, uh, I realized how similar it was to the church that I served at in Korea. Uh, it had the same name, of course, and it had the same vision and mission. And, but I realized that even a lot of the details were the same. Uh, for instance, the worship room, uh, they try to copy as much as possible uh, the lighting, the atmosphere, and even down to the chairs were the same as it was in Korea. And then when I walked around the church, I noticed that even the names of the different rooms and the cafe all had the same names. And I realized that because they wanted people to have the same feeling that they had as though they were in Korea. And as we look in today's passage, we see that the earthly sanctuary is actually a copy of heaven. And so we're going to be looking at that in this chapter of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 23 through 28. It was necessary then for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these sacrifices, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with human hands that was only a copy of the true one. He entered heaven itself, now to appear for us in God's presence. Nor did he enter heaven to offer himself again and again, the way the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood that is not his own. Otherwise, Christ would have had to suffer many times since the creation of the world. But he has appeared once, for all, at the culmination of the ages, to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. And so as we look at the end of chapter 9 here in Hebrews, the author here is taking the time to explain so that the readers are familiar of what's taking place here. And so he takes the time to explain about the Old Covenant and how they used to sacrifice animals and that the, or what the tabernacle used to look like uh, when the Israelites would worship God uh, during the Old Testament times. And so you might be wondering, why is the author taking the time to explain all this and go into detail? Well, before Christ, um, it was acceptable to offer sacrifices that were imperfect uh, because 
it could never be perfect in the eyes of God uh, because of sin and because of what had taken place uh, on the earth. But now that we have Christ, uh, we have entered into this new world, and which is this world which is a replica of heaven. And so the writer explains that the offering of Jesus' uh, blood is not only necessary, but it's also actually superior than any other sacrifice that we can offer. And so through this sacrifice, we're given a glimpse of the heavenly things uh, that he describes here. And so according to the Old Testament, uh, only priests were allowed to make these annual sacrifices for, on behalf of the people in order to cleanse them um, of their sins. And so now we are no longer subject to this ritual because Christ has become our ultimate sacrifice. And so we ought to thank God for this, uh, what took place and what he did for us on the cross uh, that gives us freedom and that we are no longer tied to those uh, laws and bound to those sacrifices that were used uh, in many years ago. And so it, it's kind of like if you have any kind of debt, uh, for instance, if you took out loans from school or for your house or for your car, uh, you know that you would have to make those monthly payments in order to pay it off uh, so that you will be debt free, eventually be, uh, get to that status. Well, Christ has come and he has paid off all our debts. And so we are indebted to him for what he has done. And so no longer the monthly payments are required because it was a one-time thing that Christ had done on our behalf. And so in the Old Testament, sacrifice was done in the earthly sanctuary, which was a copy of what heaven is like. And so where we will be in the presence of God. And so now that that sacrifice is complete, uh, Jesus is now uh, interceding on our behalf. He's praying for us. He is defending us uh, so that we can be on our two feet, so that we can be, be able to worship him freely while we're here. And so uh, until that time, we need to wait for the second coming of Jesus uh, that he describes in the last part of, of this chapter in verses 27 and 28. So the author now talks about the end and that every, you know, every person will one day have to face death. And that's the reality. And that there is no one here that uh, will not have to go through death. We know that because of sin, um, every person will have to uh, one day go and be uh, b before God in judgment uh, once we have gone through death. And so, you know, perhaps there's a sense of urgency in the tone of this writer because he knew of this reality. Uh, he knew that no one can predict their death. Um, they don't know because we don't know the future. Only God knows. And so, you know, whenever I attend funerals, it's very sobering to know that death um, will one day be uh, what we have in the future. And so it's a time to have proper perspective on life, but also honor the person uh, who lived their life and has now gone to be with the Lord. And so seeing all these things that take place, uh, it gives us an idea that uh, we should um, 
we should know what the future holds, that because um, our lives are finite, uh, we know that uh, one day we will all have to face that death. But we should take comfort in knowing that when we have a relationship with Jesus, uh, we know where we're going. And so this writer concludes this chapter by telling us that after Christ sacrificed himself for us, uh, the next time he appears will be to bring salvation to all those who are waiting for him. And so the question now is for us, uh, are we eagerly expecting and waiting for Jesus? Uh, if that's the case, then that means that when we wake up, are we somewhat disappointed that Jesus didn't arrive? That's another perspective to have. And so if we are really waiting, if we are truly um, in love with Jesus and we want to see him return, uh, may that be our cry, may that be our passion that we want to see, uh, that we want to go home so that we can spend eternity with Jesus in the presence of our God and of our Father. And so may that be true of us today as we looked in this passage together. And so the writer of Hebrews has given us an idea of what to expect. And so one of the things that we should take away from this chapter is that we need to be thankful for the death of Christ because what he did for us became the ultimate sacrifice that we no longer have to be part of this ritual and no longer have to give these annual sacrifices in order for our sins to be forgiven because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, the perfect Lamb of God, uh, that we no longer have to be under that kind of um, rule and um, laws that were put into place in the Old Testament. And so with that, now may we be eagerly awaiting for Jesus. Uh, may we look forward to the return of Christ, um, knowing that it can come at any hour, at any moment, and so it is up to us to be people who are faithful and people who are holding on to the promises as we study and as we pray. So may that be our cry, and may we do that as we close in prayer. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for painting us the picture of what it's like uh, to be free from the laws, free from these rituals. Uh, but we thank you most of all for Jesus. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for loving us and for giving us this opportunity uh, to be uh, children who are uh, able to access the Father at any time, at any moment. Thank you for giving us um, that path and giving us that freedom. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, Lichia Vardo and Stepping in Prosa